Okay, good evening everybody and welcome to the May 4th Board of Zoning Appeals meeting. My name is Luke Mortensen and tonight I'm with Catherine Week, staff liaison to the Board of Zoning Appeals. We will work alongside the chair to, chair to facilitate the meeting's proceedings. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel and public access cable channel 25. During the meeting, please mute yourself when not actively speaking. Please keep your video on for the duration of the meeting. If you are participating by phone, you can enter star six to mute and unmute your phone. There will not be screen sharing as a part of the meeting this evening. All attachments, reference materials, and submissions from the public are included in the agenda packet. The chair will call for in-person and virtual public comment for those who wish to speak. All motions will need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, staff will call on each board member individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. At this point, I will throw it to Catherine for a quorum call. Good evening, board members. Catherine Weeks, staff liaison. Go ahead and call roll. Hill? Yes. Herod? Present. Rankin? Here. Shalinsky? Here. Matthews? Here. And we do have quorum, thank you. All right, very good. Uh, this is uh, Board Chair Shalinsky. I want to uh, welcome everybody and thank you for your participation. Um, on the agenda, item B is communications. Uh, are there any communications to come before? Week. So we did have several communications that came in uh, earlier today, but they did get uploaded to the packet. So you should have everything before you um, as far as communications go. Um, item B, disclosure of ex parte communications and or abstentions for specific agenda items. Do you have anything to report with regard to that? Uh, item C, any agenda items that will be deferred? Uh, Catherine Weeks, staff liaison, we do not have any agenda items that will be deferred this evening that were not already deferred prior to uh, the meeting, uh, the agenda packet post. All right. So we will uh, proceed now with uh, item number one, consider a request for variance. B-23-00125 as provided by section 20-1309 of the Land Development Code of the City of Lawrence, uh, 2018 edition. This is a request for variance from section 20-601 sub B density and dimensional requirements or standards. Um, and this is um, to uh, reduce the uh, setback from 
25 feet to one foot um, on the front side. Uh, exterior side setback along 9th Street from 25 feet to three feet, nine inches. And the uh, interior side setback from 20 feet to 10 feet. This was submitted uh, with regard to the property at 900 Pennsylvania Street by the Watkins Law Office on behalf of Louise's Inc., the property owner of record. Uh, staff, do uh, you have a report? Do this please is, share it. Yes, I do. This is Catherine Weeks, uh, Catherine Weeks staff liaison. Um, and I'm going to present the item uh, before you for 900 Pennsylvania Street. This is a request for variance from the set section that uh, Board Member Shalinsky has noted, 2601B, specifically the density and dimensional standards related to setbacks uh, for the IL district. Uh, the request has three parts, one related to front setback, which would be reducing from the required 25 feet to one foot. Uh, the would be a reduction from 25 feet to three foot nine inches and a request um, use the interior side setback from 20 feet to 10 feet. And the request stems from the applicant's desire to rehabilitate structure on the site uh, for a quality restaurant use. Uh, the site was recently rezoned from the IG district to the IL district, which um, the IG district previously did not permit the use. Uh, this uh, rezoning from IL does permit the quality restaurant use, and the use is similar to use that had existed prior on the site, but has been vacant since 2014. So the applicant are trying to take a path towards compliance with current codes and still utilize the building that is existing on the site. And so specific to variance requests, we have five criteria, um, and the variance application needs to meet all five of the criteria to be considered for approval. Staff analyzes those five criteria, the first of which being that the variance request uh, arises from conditions that are unique to the property, not ordinarily found in the same zone or district, and are not uh, created by the actions of the applicant or owner. In this case, um, as I mentioned, the property has been rezoned from IG to IL. Um, it is Typically, IL districts are intended for larger size lots, 20,000 uh, square feet in minimum dimension. This particular existing parcel, which was part of an original uh, town site uh, plat, um, is smaller uh, than a typical IL district would permit um, and has roughly 5,850 square feet. And so the zoning standards that are set for the IL district do anticipate a larger, uh, larger site. Um, those uh, setbacks that exist currently um, in its platted configuration where the building was originally situated uh, was intended more for a town site or residential type um, layout uh, for that original town site plat. And the building has existed in that location uh, for uh, numerous decades as outlined in the staff report and the history of the property. And so staff um, does feel, well, I should, I should note too that uh, the property 
having those um, existing non-conforming encroachments on the setback. Um, there was a loss of non-conformity for this particular property back in 2020. Um, because the property was vacant for a period longer than 12 months, it did lose its non-conforming status. Um, and the non-conforming section of our code does note um, the intent of which is to bring non-conformities into uh, conformance with existing codes. And there are notes about how the properties lose, no, lose conforming, non-conforming status and how they can come back into compliance. Um, in this instance, uh, the building setbacks basically render only a small five-foot-wide uh, strip of buildable area down the center of the parcel and uh, would basically render the parcel undevelopable for any uh, type of development that would occur on the property, even if the, if the lot were cleared and it was a greenfield site. So there does, um, because of zoning and platting um, and the limitations that the lot and the existing structure have on it, um, it does create a unique circumstance not typically found in an IL district, not typically found in any other residential district, not really typical to any district where there's a small sliver of land that is actually buildable on the parcel. So staff did feel that it met the criteria for number one, uh, being that there are unique circumstances on the site due to platting, um, due to zoning, and due to the uh, existing location of the building on the property. Uh, the second criteria is that the granting of the variance does not adversely affect um, the rights of adjacent property owners. Um, staff does feel that uh, the rights are not being infringed upon on other property owners. They still have the right to utilize their properties for the uses that are uh, intended in their zoning district. Um, the use will be maintained um, solely on this property and the variance request solely relates to this property. A notice did go out um, and we did have several calls uh, clarifying what the variance request was for. Um, staff did clarify that at the time we didn't have any follow-up questions at the time, but we have see, received several communications um, that are all included in your packet. Um, those late communications did get in today, so um, you should have them, or uh, you should have had them available to you prior to the meeting to review. Um, the third criteria is that the strict application of the provisions um, of the uh, chapter for which the variance is requested constitutes an unnecessary hardship upon the property owner. Um, and there's a very specific definition for unnecessary hardship outlined in the code. And it does note um, you know, that the condition is resulting from an application of the regulations uh, when viewing particular property in its environment that is so unreasonable as to come arbitrary and capricious interference with the basic right of property ownership or convincing proof exists that it's imposs impossible to use the property for a conforming use or sufficient factors exist to constitute a hardship that would affect or deprive the owner of their property without compensation. I mean, it does also note that mere financial loss or the loss of a potential financial advantage does not constitute a necessary hardship. So it should be noted that the financial aspects are not considered, uh, but the use um, and the ability to utilize the property is. And so um, 
while the zoning of this parcel is not residential, the platting of the property was done at the time when the entire block was anticipated to be for uh, detached dwelling structures. And it's a typical residential lot configuration for um, the East uh, Lawrence area and parts of East Lawrence. This particular block face along Pennsylvania, it has a mix of older uh, renovated ex uh, residential structures and some that you know have not been renovated, a mix of different types of residential structures. And the block face does vary as far as setbacks go, ranging from some that are less than five feet, um, some that are less than 10 feet, um, and some that are greater than the intended uh, setback of 25 feet. So um, there is a wide, wide range of setbacks on this particular block face. There is also a similar situation on the block face of Delaware, which would be the back side of this block as well. Um, staff is of the opinion that based on the context of the original platted sites um, and the IL zoning district setbacks that have been placed upon uh, the property due to the rezoning, does create a unique um, unnecessary hardship for any potential property owner of this site to develop it with a conforming use. So staff did feel that it does meet the definition of unnecessary hardship. The fourth criteria is that the variance desired would not adversely affect the public health, safety, uh, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, or general welfare of the public. In staff's opinion, granting that requested variance does not create an adverse effect. Um, staff did feel that the request is reasonable based on the fact that um, it would basically require any type of variance to develop the property. And it was reasonable in staff's opinion to ask for a variance that was uh, generating from where the or the structure currently exists on the property. The applicant is not requesting to encroach upon those uh, setbacks any further. Um, and staff did not feel that uh, not having that further encroachment would infringe on uh, or adversely affect the public. And then chapter five or criteria five, that granting the variance desired uh, would not be opposed to the general spirit and intent uh, of the chapter. In staff's opinion, uh, the variance request would not be opposed to the general spirit and intent of the land development code, the existing building renovated for quality restaurant use as proposed with the variance request for setback encroachments does still satisfy the statement in staff's opinion. Um, staff feels the variance request to cover the existing location of the structure as I mentioned, is not unreasonable. And even the encroachment to the south is not encroaching further than the existing deck in that location is at this time. Uh, so a variance in some form, again, would be required to build any development on the site. And even if the development was uh, on a vacant lot, this particular site would be unbuildable in its current state. And the applicant is working towards compliance by rezoning the property to a less intensive industrial district um, and still maintaining the structure on the site and attempting to rehabilitate it for a similar use that had occupied the structure in its most recent occupancy. So staff did feel that criteria five uh, was met. So in conclusion, uh, staff's analysis of the variance application did find that the request met all the five conditions and is recommending um, approval of the variance request in all three parts, that the first or uh, the front setback be reduced from 25 feet to one foot, 
the exterior side setback along East Knight Street from 25 feet to 3 feet 9 inches, and the required interior side setback from 20 feet to 10 feet. Um, and I would be happy to stand for any questions if you should have them or need clarification. Okay, thank you. Um, do any members of the board have any questions on the uh, staff report and recommendation? Board member Rankin, um, one question I have for staff. Um, it looks like they're kind of getting rid of off-site parking. Is that a concern with the what it was rezoned to? Uh, staff Levin Kashmir, I'm not sure I understand your question. So they they will have some on-site parking. The off-site parking uh, will be taking place, I'm assuming, along Knight Street or any additional lots in the district that the applicant has access to. Um, but this particular site did receive a variance um, recently to reduce their parking uh, requirements. And so they are still at this time providing some on-site parking. Uh, the rest of the uh, uh, parking would be off-site. Did that answer your question? <laughs> um, I think so, yeah. I think I misspoke. I meant on-site. I was just looking at the previous variance we granted and where they were showing the parking compared to this new proposed additional building. It looks like it's going right over it. So I was just, just curious. So just to clarify, they still do have to provide the number of parking that um, the variance was. I think it was four spaces, if I'm not mistaken. They still have to provide those four, four spaces. It may not be in the exact configuration um, that was previously on the site, but they could provide those four spaces anywhere on the site based on their uh, proposed development. And that would be ironed out in the staff report or in the site plan for, for that. Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Okay, does anyone else have any questions? Okay, well, I do. Um, the uh, staff report uh, under criteria one um, goes through quite a history of um, zoning codes and uh, requirements uh, over the course of many decades and um, states that the uh, property was constructed pre-1940. Um, does that refer to the uh, stone building or does that also refer to um, the deck that is to the west and south of the stone building? Um, yeah, staff is on Catherine Week. So that does refer to the building itself. I'm not sure staff is entirely clear exactly what year the, the deck um, was built on the site. Um, 
it's been there for uh, numerous years, but I don't know that we have the exact date or the year that that went in. So was any investigation done as to when the deck was built and um, whether or not it was in compliance with the zoning that was in place at that time? And if not, whether there was um, a variance and or a building permit that was issued for the construction of the deck? So there wasn't in that particular case, um, primarily because the structure lost its nonconformity. So it's considered nonconforming now. So, and uh, even though the prop, the applicant is proposing to construct a deck, deck in a similar location, I'm not sure staff had the foresight to think to look to see if that was a noncompliant um, uh, deck. I believe it was there prior. Um, uh, to 1960, but I am not sure. So I cannot confirm that date. Okay, thank you. Um, any other questions? All right. Um, we will now hear from the applicant. Thank you, Board Member Shalinsky, and, and good evening, Board. My name is Patrick Watkins. I'm an attorney. I'm here on behalf of Brad Ziegler. Uh, with me tonight is Mike Myers. He is the project architect. He works at Hernley Associates um, in East Lawrence. Um, I'll start by saying I appreciate the staff's review on this. They obviously did a very thorough report, and there are several variances to consider. Um, we carefully crafted each of those variances to only request what's absolutely needed for this project. Um, and if you have any particular questions about why the variant steps are the way they are or what the request is about, um, I think Mike can very easily uh, provide more information uh, related to that. Um, the staff report is clear though, and you can read it on the first page. It, it says it in the, the second paragraph of the executive summary, it's the first sentence. And I would encourage you to read that one more time because it's, it's really significant. Without a variance, development of the property would require demolition of the structure due to the lack of non-conforming status. It would, development of the property would require demolition. That, that's a significant statement and I haven't seen that before. And as um, the staff has pointed out, this is in part due to um, the destruction of that nonconformity a couple of years ago. Um, and I know the code can be a little tangled, uh, but that line is significant. The, the stakes are high on this variance request. The property is not able to sit there if this variance request is not granted. A vote against the variance is a vote for the demolition of the, of the building. A vote against the variance is a vote to redevelop this property from scratch without improvements. If that happens, by the way, we would be back again to request another variance because this zoning designation requires it as do other commercial zoning designations. Nobody wants this property to be demolished. The building is a remarkable 
piece of history. It's the whole reason we're here. Brad Ziegler decided to invest in this particular property because this building deserves to be saved. The neighborhood plan notes that this building is important. And our planning documents talk about infill development and saving historic buildings. It's also important to remember that we've been through a rezoning. It's not related to what we're asking for tonight, but this property had to be rezoned down from general industrial to light industrial. Staff, planning commission, and city commission all authorized this use. In fact, the city commission unanimously approved the use of this property for quality restaurant. That is not the discussion point tonight, but it's important to remember that use has already been considered and it's, and it's not the subject of today's discussion. I would also note that if there was another zoning designation that someone would find more appropriate, these zoning designations too have setbacks that would have to be resolved at some point. Um, I don't necessarily wanna belabor the staff's report or the analysis on this because it seems very clear to me. Um, we agree with the staff's analysis. You can see our application and our responses to each of the five elements for variances. Um, we think the staff got it right. We think that we have um, the same position as the staff in large part, um, but all the information is in the packet. Um, we are available for, for any questions or comments that might come up, uh, but I'll conclude by saying that, that old buildings need accommodation. Historic districts need accommodation. And sometimes that accommodation isn't once and it isn't twice. They need as much accommodation as is necessary uh, in scenarios to save important buildings. This is a unique property and it should be saved. Denying the variance will require the demolition of the building. Um, I'd like to, the opportunity to respond to any of the public comment at some point, um, but we are here for questions and obviously thank you for your time uh, and, and willingness to serve. Do any of the board members have any questions for um, Mr. Watkins or Mr. Myers. Mr. Chairperson, could I inquire of Mr. Watkins? Sure, please. I just, I wanna make sure that you, you, you've advised us that you're in agreement with the staff report, but I just wanna make sure that you and staff are tracking. And I'm looking at, um, I'm looking at the figure figure three, which is on page five of the staff report. And what they're showing us is this light green area, you know, running east west through the center of the property. Do you see that? I know the, the figure you're talking about. Right. And so what what staff member Weeks advised us is that's that's actually if if we apply the code, that's actually the buildable area on this lot. Is that right? If if the IL setbacks are applied, we have a five foot hallway that we can build through this property. Like five feet, six feet wide, and I don't know, I mean, 75 feet long, something like that. Right, and, and I would also note, um, board member, that it doesn't connect to our existing structure. Right. Um, even if that were able to be saved and stay, um, it would be a separate building. So it's just, and I'm, it's really not hyperbole to say that, I mean, if we started from, from just 
an empty just an empty lot i mean you would have to come back here and apply for just all sorts of variances to do anything on this lot no matter what right that's correct right thank you Are there any other questions? Going one more time, any other questions? Um, I may have some after public comment. Um, okay. Uh, we are ready for the public hearing portion of this item. So we open it up to um, members of, of the public uh, to give your input. Please um, state your name and Whatever you Hi. say. I'm Phil Collison, and uh, I guess I have my Elna hat on. I have a Penn Street Line hat on, and I and I'm a citizen in the live down the street. Um, this place does require unique setbacks, and I think that's because it is a part of the original town site before there was zoning, before there were setbacks. Uh, I know it was a residential house for a long time before it became a bar. Uh, they in I think we're a little more focused on that the setback to the west side going a foot from the uh, sidewalk. We're we're disappointed that it comes so close to the neighbor on the south, but they uh, seem to be working with the developer okay on that. And they uh, but we're disappointed that they would that they're forced into that situation. In my opinion, they're trying to put a square peg into a round hole and expect the neighbors or the city to make it fit their needs. Um, and also, in my opinion, there's a net, there is a negative impact to the neighborhood. And, uh, and I think that's pretty obvious. Nobody would want anything 10 feet from their house or a, a bar um, across the street for them or built down the street. It would be different if you knew that uh, the zoning allowed that when you moved in. That's the beauty of zoning and planning is that you can predict the future. And uh, this is kind of comes up at the last minute. And uh, um, we don't think that it's good for the neighborhood and the overall stability of the neighborhood. I think it's going to lead to um, more rental property and less owner occupied. Um, I believe the deck was built in the late 70s, and it was a very controversial thing. And uh, since it is, it shouldn't be used as the definite footprint of the building because it is a temporary addition. Um, and thank you for letting me share my thoughts. Um, do any of the... Board members have any questions for Mr. Collison? Chairperson Shalinsky, could I inquire of Mr. Collison? Sure. Yes. Hi, Phil. 
Um, I have a dim memory that this thing, it got its first non-conforming use permit. Like it was in the eighties sometime, wasn't it? I, I think the, I think it's the late seventies when it, um, I think, uh, it was at the governor's Hayden's brother, um, might've been the, and or I think was the initiator of the bar. And then it sat there as a bar. Then it stopped being a bar. It got shut down in the early, what, in the early 10s, 11s, 12, something like that, right? Yeah, I think it was, well, yeah. I think Somewhere. about 14 is when it, uh, they lost their, the special, the grandfathered 3-2 bar capability. And that's, that's a real key is that it was a 3-2 bar. It closed at midnight and uh, never was a real busy place except occasional Thursday nights. Right. So you heard the discussion about, you know, what the actual buildable area on this lot is, right? Yes. So what, just opine for me. So what, what, would, what would an owner, what would the neighbors want to see an owner do with this lot? Uh, ideally, uh, put in a coffee house or something that serves breakfast and lunch uh, that um, did, you know, kept, that had a simple menu and did um, breakfast and lunch kind of coffee house kind of thing. Uh, that would be, that would be a real nice use. And we've, I've talked with friends of mine about doing just that there, but a pipe dream thank you mr chairperson thank you any other questions all right thank you uh do we have other public comment you do um, good evening. I'm Marcy Francisco. I live at 1101 Ohio Street in Lawrence, but I am one of the members of Penn Street Line that are owners of two properties um, across the street to the west um, of uh, this property we're discussing. So um, I heard um, the comment that um, no one wanted to see any of this demolished, but I would like to say I would indeed like to see the porch part of this property um, removed. It has been an eyesight, and there was a lot of um, discussion and concern when that was first built. So um, I do recognize that it's a small lot for an industrial use, but the industrial zoning was made um, at the request um, of this um, applicant. And I think the planning commission and the city commission um, responsibly uh, down zoned this from a more intense um, industrial use. But the planning staff said that they would not recommend commercial zoning for this site because it was too um, close to other commercial properties and does not fit because of that would not fit um, our guidelines. So clearly we need to do something about the variances on this site. 
And I do agree that we want to protect the existing building. Although I would say um, a lot's being done um, to protect this building. So um, it would be nice to see it listed at least on the local um, register. So there's some guarantee that that is in fact what the applicant um, is interested in doing. So um, I did write a letter and I don't have objections to the uh, variances that are proposed on either the north or the south, but I think the variance on the west could um, either be limited to the 15 foot five inches that would allow this um, existing masonry structure to be maintained, or um, there could be a consideration because that's a door um, of a landing, but it does not have to go um, to within one foot um, of the west property line. Stairs could come up from 9th Street to that landing. And in fact, I think the um, applicant has indicated that they are looking to um, have a lot of the activity towards um, the north and the east. Um, it would make a lot more sense if this were part of the warehouse district. Um, I think both in terms of uh, the previous parking discussion and also in terms of um, these setbacks. But again, um, these are three different setbacks and um, I would ask the Board of Zoning Appeals to consider reducing the setback. Um, I guess it wouldn't be reducing, but actually increase the setback to the west so there is more protection um, for that neighborhood and so that a building could not be built right um, up to the edge of the, or a foot from the sidewalk. So um, I very much hope that this building is preserved. Again, the Board of Zoning Appeals doesn't have, can't give us any guarantee for that. You're only establishing setbacks. And the other development, um, the other neighbors have to meet those setbacks. I would hope that there would be some reasonable setbacks um, for this property. I'd be happy to stand for any questions. Any board members have questions? Okay, I have one. Um, do you have any knowledge or information about um, when the deck was built and um, whether or not uh, there were any variances or building permits related to it. Since you were at one time a city commissioner, um, I thought perhaps you might have some information about that that you might remember from those times if, if, if so, we'd appreciate it, or I would. Uh, thank you. I do remember the discussion about this building and um, Jane Eldridge um, could probably give us some more details about it. 
but my understanding is that um, the uh, variance to allow the bar, and it may not have been, or the zoning to allow the bar um, was given um, just shortly before I joined the city commission in 1979. So that um, I believe had happened. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, do we have any other public comment? Either in the room or on Zoom? No Zoom comment. Okay. I speak as partly public and partly project, I suppose. Sure. Uh, Mike Myers, I'm with Hermley Associates Architects and I am involved with the project. Um, um, I, I would say, uh, Firstly, you know, most of the work we do or a large piece of it uh, is historic preservation and um, reconfiguration kind of work. And I, um, you know, uh, there's there's I get nervous every time I hear the word demolition. I, I really wouldn't be interested at all in this project if it were a, a demolition project. So by all means, our goal is to save this building and uh, put it back into uh, a good use um, for this for the neighborhood and for the city and um, you know I've seen some comments uh, of, of the the neighborhood comments that came in the staff report you know this is not a large-scale development we're, we're putting an addition on the back um, that will enable us to take that historic structure and um, basically put some of the new functions that it didn't have or didn't didn't provide well in the existing structure and put those in the new structure like ADA compliant bathrooms, um, new uh, ramps to get someone into the building so that a, a customer can can enjoy everything else, everything in the building that everyone else can enjoy, um, get food and drink there. Um, it, it, you know, it, to, to suggest that this is a large project or a large addition, you know, is, is a little disingenuous. It's a small lot. Um, it's, this is an adaptive reuse project. Um, um, I, I, I don't, it's, it's not a huge uh, traffic generating type of project. I'm an East Lawrence resident. I fully expect myself to be there on a bicycle. Um, I, um, there, there's a lot of comments about the West setback, really, you know, I mean, we are, I don't know if you've, if you've seen the plans, we're significantly reducing that West deck. We completely agree with the neighbors, with uh, Marcy and Phil, that that deck, you know, it was probably inappropriate when it was built. I mean, it was, it's a large congregating space out on the West, on the front of the building. We're effectively taking it off and replacing it with a landing and steps in its same location. The, the, the landing that's there, it's not a deck. It's not intended to be a place for people to gather. But, you know, we have to remember this is a historic building with a primary entrance on that West facade. We need steps and uh, something to stand on to get into that door. And that's about all we've provided. So it's, it's not as if we're um, trying to continue that use. We, um, in the design of the building and the design of the addition, we effectively took the setback that the, the large deck had, and we used that as our line to design a building that focuses sound and um, activity towards the north away. So we're taking the the part of the building that was, we felt, um, sort of the, the, the worst acoustical 
problem potentially for the neighborhood and we're moving it inside the building and 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 facing it towards the opposite direction and a well away from um neighbors and um i think we're, we've come a long way um to getting some support from some some neighbors at this point so we're really hopeful that everybody can come together and and support the staff's recommendation and so the project can move forward I'm happy to stand for any questions anyone would have of me on building related stuff or site related stuff. I, there was a comment about parking. The parking, I don't think anything changed there. I'm not sure what one of the board members was seeing, um, but we didn't really change the way the parking was working to my recollection. So any questions for me? Uh, questions for Mr. Myers. This is Dean. I have a question for him. Uh, Mr. Myers, how, what will the new setback be on the, uh, on the landing then? How far will it be from the sidewalk approximately? Uh, you know, effectively the, I could probably tell you here, the, it's, I believe the landing is about six feet from the front door. And I believe the building, okay. actually I'll, get, I'll grab the site plan. Sure, this one. The dimension on that. Uh, the the current design of the front deck area is nine feet from the face of the building, and the steps effectively uh, end up taking the handrail extensions very close to the property line. So that's where you know within one foot, and that's where that one foot setback comes, which is essentially where the steps for the current deck come now. There was a comment about potentially taking the steps to the north instead and reducing that front setback. That probably could be done, but the grades drop off significantly at the north side. So those stairs would effectively maybe actually off the property line at that point going if they went to the north because we there's a there's effectively a four foot tall or five foot tall hill uh, that's that's mounted up against the um, the north side of the building that those steps would have to navigate to get down to the public way. So I'm not convinced that would be a, a really viable alternative there. So does that answer your question? So as far as the distance away, you'd asked, so we're at nine feet away from the face of the building and the face of the building is... Uh, forgive me, the site plan that I have doesn't have the, the actual building. Current You've got, got it at 15.5 on the concept. 15.5. So, so we're at, at uh, four feet from the property line, effect, effectively five feet from the property line, roughly, with the... With the uh, I'm I'm not 100% sure. I, I I hate to give you numbers if I don't actually have them here on on a on a drawing. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, well, how long? How wide will the the uh, landing itself be? It's it's uh, 13 feet wide. 13 feet wide. Okay. Our thought there is it would be just enough to try to get people to be able to uh, come and go from the building without being on top of each other effectively. 
we don't see that as a seating area of any kind. It's more of a place where if um, if the owner is using the build that the front door for um, coming from for customers to come and go, um, someone could stand out there while they're waiting for their table, essentially. Um, we at this point, though, we do think that most of that kind of activity is going to happen on the north. Is, so will it run the whole width of the north face? No, it does not. It it is uh, the the width of the north face is twenty feet, and uh -huh. the the landing is thirteen feet. Okay. So that there's seven feet of blank space along the north side of the west facade. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, other questions. Um, I have a question. Um, do you know why the owner applied for a demolition permit? Yes, I do. Um, he applied for, I believe, and I haven't ever done it myself, but I believe the application for a demolition uh, permit is the same if you're doing interior demolition or building demolition, and I think he just didn't fill it out correctly. I believe there's a checkbox or something that's for interior only, and he just didn't didn't check it out, didn't check the box. His his intent is to pull a permit to so that he could begin um, removing finishes and so forth, so he can start restoring the building on the interior. That that's the best to the best of my knowledge. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And do you have any information about? Um, when the deck was built and whether or not um, it was pursuant to building permits and or variances. I, I don't. I've lived in Lawrence since 1984 and it was, it's been there as long as I can remember. Um, I think, you know, maybe in the, in the uh, late eighties, I'm sure I had uh, a, a spent time on that deck. So that's, just, that's, that's just, the extent of my knowledge on it. I haven't seen old photos or anything of it. So I, I, I can't tell you. All right. Many thanks. Welcome. Um, is there any other public comment on this item? Can I just ask one question? Um, One question. Is it ever possible to um, limit a setback to a particular um, footprint? Footprint. Not, not a footprint, but to say um, they, they, it's possible to have a one foot setback on the um, north 30 foot of this lot and then the 25 set foot setback would apply to the remaining part of the lot. If that's not possible, then I think that's something we should start to do in our land development code, because I think this is a case where um, the setbacks are more understandable with the plan, but because they go all the way across the lot, and if this project doesn't go forward, then there could be a much larger structure put on that would meet um, 
code because, because the setbacks are not at all limited. Um, staff? Would you, I, I would say you go ahead and finish public comment and then I can come back to that when you um, post public comment and we, uh, the board is up for discussion. I will answer that question for- Fair enough. Or Marcy. Okay. Um, other public comment? All right. Um, do I have a uh, motion from anyone to close the public hearing portion of this item? Or are we going to sit here in silence, Mr. Chair? This is this is Board Member Travis or Travis Harrod. I'll I'll move to close public comment. Do we have a second? I'll second that. Hey, moved by Herod, seconded by Rankin. Staff, will you please call the roll? Yeah, staff member or staff liaison, Catherine Week Hill. Agree. Herod. Aye. Rankin. Aye. Shalinsky. Aye. Halos. Aye. Okay, public comment is closed. Okay, um, we now uh, bring this for board discussion. And uh, do people have any comments or discussion prior to making a motion? Mr. Chair, why don't we go ahead and have Catherine um, advise on the point you raised a moment ago? Thank you. This is Staff Liaison, Catherine Reed. So the question basically, as I understand it, is can you uh, kind of modify the outline of the setback um, and have it vary for a certain percentage of the lot line? Um, I'm not sure that that's entirely clear um, in our current development code. And Ms. Francisco is correct, but if for some reason the variance was granted and this project didn't go forward, that variance still holds there until such time as the building permit uh, were to be pulled. Basically, it would be um, valid unless a building permit had not been pulled. If this particular project were to not go through, that building permit would not be pulled. So um, in that case, uh, for this particular project, uh, the variance may not hold. Um, I have to do a little bit more digging on whether or not, you know, a later project, um, perhaps by the same applicants were to come forward, then if that building permit were submitted during the time that the uh, variance was still valid, um, which I believe is 24 months, um, then Ms. Francisco is correct that that line or that one foot line could potentially be the uh, line um, that would be the build to line. If that answers the question, I think that that was the gist of the concern that if this project does not go forward, um, then that project could be built out. And that may be a case where, um, you know, the applicant may need to address whether or not the intention is for another project in the future, or if this is the project. So... So to follow up, 
Um, what I think I heard was that it's not really clear whether we can do that or not. So the board does have, uh, this staff liaison, Catherine Weekend, the board does have um, some leeway for conditions. Um, it may be possible to uh, craft a condition that, um, you know, the setback um, is for a set distance on that property. I don't, I'm not sure we've had one like that in the past. Um, typically conditions are those that, for instance, when multiple uh, applications are in a review through the planning office, sometimes uh, platting applications or site plan applications have, um, you know, unnecessary variances in order and the variance would be conditioned upon whether or not that plat was approved. Those are typically conditions that we see. Um, the code does not specify the specific type of conditions. So, you know, I would just, you know, uh, guide the board that um, you should be, you know, contemplating those conditions as as you're thinking about them, if if that's the route you're going. Um, I may oh. just add to that. It may be worth discussing a little more too that um, initially, I think the concern, and I may be speculating, and you may want to ask again um, for clarification, either, you know, from the applicant, but I think the plans maybe um, perhaps were misread because the dark line is currently indicating where the existing structures are on the property and the shaded um, hatch line is indicating the proposed. And it does look like um, the existing elevated deck structure would remain um, if the dark line is uh, the actual. So there may have been some communication in uh, the reading of the plans as far as what um, aspects of the existing building would be continuing uh, to go out to that one foot line. And the applicant may be able to explain that a little further, but. Um, I would like to ask the applicant if there would be any objection to limiting the uh, reduction in setback uh, in the west setback um, to the northern portion of the lot as opposed to extending the um, entire width of the lot. Our objection is primarily procedural, but it should be premised on the fact that it's wholly unnecessary. One, um, there would be a site planning process anytime you change um, your site and, and make additions. And that site planning process would go back through the public comments and staff would continue to advocate on behalf of the residential transition of the neighborhood. I don't think that I could get one approved if it was asked, but on top of that, Every step of the way, including very early on in this project, we had written commitments to the neighbor to the south that we would do five things. Um, these were read at the Planning Commission. These were read at the City Commission during the rezoning. We would make commitments about lighting, about noise, about the hood and vent. And the first commitment that we made was about the site design, projecting all activity to the north, 
creating improvements that shield activity from the residential neighbors. This includes removing the existing deck and redesigning the front entrance. We've, we've spent a lot of time and resources reviewing these plans at every step of the way, including with neighbors, including with the East Lawrence Neighborhood Association. Um, complicating this process beyond what we already have seems like a redundancy that is absolutely unnecessary. unnecessary. We are building the deck that is shown on the plans, and we've already made written commitments to do so and shield the residential neighbors. Um, adding additional stipulations is entirely within the board's direction, but I don't know that you even have clear ability to do so. And I hate to complicate my clients' uh, processes beyond what they've already come to. I think that we've been delayed on multiple occasions uh, in this project, and I think we're facing a, a range of other issues uh, on the feasibility front. Um, so that's my comment. I think it's entirely unnecessary. Um, we're building the deck that's shown uh, a much reduced deck. As Catherine noted, it is the smaller, much smaller version of the deck uh, shown on those plans. Um, so that, that would be this, the applicant's position. Um, we're, we're building that deck and I don't know exactly what foot, you know, what foot marker it is from the north boundary line of the lot. Um, I think we'd have to do some sort of analysis to figure out what we need and how, how far the distances are. Thank you. Any other discussion or questions? Mr. Chair, I'll, I'll go if you'll permit. Go ahead. Responding to what Mr. Watkins was just talking about, just sort of in general, I would, you know, from my professional background, I see it like this. I think that this is what I plan to do, and this is what I would encourage my colleagues on the board to do, is I would look at what has been presented to us by staff and just make it a straight up or down vote without modification. And the reason I say that is because you know, when we start modifying stuff and we're a little bit unclear of the reason for it or we're unclear of our mandate, whether we even can do it and to what extent, then it just creates um, it creates a potential for error and litigation as a result of that error. So I think if we just vote straight up or down on what's in front of us, it makes it it makes our decision more defensible. If we vote to, if we vote with staff, fine. If we vote against the staff recommendation, it makes our decision more defensible. If someone were to decide that, you know, they need to take this to the next level, you know, into the district court. So that being said, as far as my vote, I think people that know me know that there's been more than a few times that staff has come in, made a recommendation, and they advise that the five conditions haven't been met, one or more. And then I look at it and I tell myself that I've, you know, I think there's a more nuanced way to read this. And so then I look at it and I say, no, the five conditions have been met. And so then I vote accordingly. In this instance, as I look at it, 
you know, the use that's being proposed here is allowable in this zoning district. So that's not an issue. The thing that we're talking about is we have these setbacks that have been created over years and years and years of evolution of our zoning and, and our land use code and whatnot. And it's made the site unbuildable. So we're here on that issue. Um, and when I look at staff's analysis, I mean, it just the five conditions are so clearly met that I just, there's not really any wiggle room for me. I am very appreciative of the neighborhood association and the neighbors coming out and advising us on this property and sharing with us uh, their concerns and even, you know, some alternative uses and whatnot. But just to get back to where I personally am is just staff's analysis is correct. You know, the five conditions are met. Um, and I don't really know. I don't really know how to how to back away from there as I as I sit here. So that's that's where my head is right now. Other discussion. This is Dean again. Uh, did I understand from staff that this still has to go through the site plan approval after this? Yeah, this is Stephanie. Yeah, Stephanie is on Catherine Week. Yes, it still has to go through site plan. I mean, this is close to what their site plan will likely be when they submit it, but they still have to go through the formal site planning process. Uh, based on that, I'd like to go ahead and make a motion for approval based on staff's report and the comments received. Is there a second for the motion? I'll second it. This is Teresa Hill. Okay, moved by Palos, seconded by Hill. Is there additional discussion? Um, okay, I'm just going to say that um, I'm bothered by the um, I'm bothered by what essentially looks like um, the deck is being treated and grandfathered like the rest of the building when um, I'll just say I think it is of dubious origins in terms of its legality. Um, so that will probably inform my vote even though I think this is a great design and um, could be a really good project. Any other discussion? 
All right, I think we're ready to vote. Mrs. Stepley is on Captain Week Hill. Uh, agree, yes. Herod? Aye. Rankin? Nay. Shalinsky? No. Halos? Aye. So the motion does carry three to two. All right. Thanks, everybody. Congratulations. Okay, the uh, next item is a request for variance B-23-00127 as provided in section 20-1309 of the Land Development Code 2018 edition. Uh, this is a request for variance of density and dimensional standards uh, required by section 20-602 sub A of city code. Applicant is seeking a variance to reduce the required front setback um, from a distance of 20 feet to 12 feet. Uh, property location is 736 Mississippi Street. Uh, it is submitted by Darren Sinkler and Allison Sinkler, who are the property owners of record. Um, would staff please um, give your report? Good evening, board members. Luke Mortensen, Planner of Planning and Development Services Department. As Chair Shalinski noted, public hearing item number two is a variance from the required front setback for a lot in the RS5 district. The request is to reduce the required front setback from 20 feet to 12 feet at 736 Mississippi Street. As Catherine previously noted, criteria number one focuses on uniqueness based on a subject property's planning or zoning. The subject property is an approximately 4690 or excuse me 4690 square foot portion of a platted lot. The property was platted and recorded in 1870 as part of Lane's addition. This was 57 years prior to the adoption of zoning in the city of Lawrence in 1927. For Douglas County records, the existing residential structure was constructed in 1910, 17 years before the adoption of zoning in Lawrence. The subject property was originally platted as a traditionally sized lot that is common in the older sections of Lawrence. These lots are generally 50 feet by 117 feet with a total lot area of 5,850 square feet. At some point in time, staff estimates between 1927 and 1968, the south 10 feet of the subject property were deeded away to the adjacent property addressed as 740 Mississippi Street. A title search could provide further information on this timeline. The deeding away of the south 10 feet resulted in a legally non-conforming lot designation for the subject property as it does not have the adequate lot width, lot frontage, or lot area for the RS5 zoning district. 
Additionally, the existing structure does not conform with the zoning district's required front and interior side setbacks. However, since the structure was constructed prior to the adoption of zoning in Lawrence, it is considered a legally non-conforming structure. Article 15 of the Land Development Code includes the rights and protections granted to legally non-conforming uses, non-conforming lots, and non-conforming structures. This includes the applicant's ability to extend beyond to extend building additions out to the existing non-conforming interior side setback and the right to reconstruct the house in the existing non-conforming location if destroyed. To conclude this first section, the surrounding zone and district contain several similar examples of platted lots that were made smaller or larger via deed action. A list and exhibit of examples on Mississippi and Indiana streets is included in the staff report. The subject property is generally rectangular and staff does not believe that it exhibits conditions of uniqueness based in platting or zoning that warrant the reduction of the required front setback. Criteria number two focuses on potential adverse effects upon the rights of adjacent property owners or residents. In staff's opinion, the requested variance will not adversely affect the rights of adjacent property owners. A reduced front setback would not restrict the adjacent property owners and residents from maintaining their existing code compliant land uses. Uh, after the publishing of this staff report, we received several communications on this proposed variance. Written communications have been updated and included as attachments to the staff report. I also received um, a phone call of support from the property owner of 703 Indiana Street late this afternoon. Criteria number three focuses on unnecessary hardship. In staff's opinion, strict adherence to the Land Development Code would not constitute an unnecessary hardship as defined by Section 20-1701 of the Land Development Code and included in the, in the staff report. The proposed variance would be a solution to a design preference rather than a relief mechanism to mitigate an arbitrary and capricious interference with the applicant's basic right of property ownership and does not deprive the applicant of his property owner without of his property without compensation. The subject property and the subject structure will remain a code compliant detached dwelling land use, even if this variance request is denied. Criteria number four focuses on adverse effects on the public health, safety, morals, order, convenience, prosperity, and general welfare. In staff's opinion, granting the requested variance will not create an adverse impact upon the above listed items. The request in question is contained within the parcel owned by the applicants it would not create any spillover noxious effects on the surrounding area. The fifth and final criteria is um, the uh, effect uh, and the impact on the general spirit and intent of the land development code. In staff's opinion, approval of this variance is generally inconsistent with the spirit and intent of the land development code. The variance process is intended to equalize the development process for properties that exhibit unique conditions and mitigate unnecessary hardships caused by strict adherence to our code. The code provides some relief mechanisms for exceeding the required setback distances. This includes the average front setback exception and the exception for certain architectural features like cornices, canopies, and overhangs, which may be located up to two feet into the required setback. An analysis of the average front setback is included in the staff report. As previously mentioned, since the existing house is a legally non-conforming structure, the applicant could rebuild the house in its exact location without a variance within 12 months of its damage or destruction. To conclude, staff recognizes the applicant's desire to establish a covered front porch within the front setback. 
However, per the decision-making criteria listed in Article 13 of the Land Development Code, staff must recommend denial of the proposed variance to reduce the required front setback from 20 feet to 12 feet for a lot in the RS5 district for the property address 736 Mississippi Street. With that, I wrap up and consent for question, and our applicants and property owner are, are in person with us tonight. Uh, do any board members have questions for Mr. Mortensen? Okay. Um, let's hear from the applicants. Thank you, uh, Board Chair Shalinski. My name is Darren Sinkler with my wife, Allison Sinkler. Uh, we, too, are joined by Mike Myers from Hurley & Associates. Uh, we chose them for this particular project for a lot of different reasons, uh, the reputation and their um, focus on when they design things, keeping it within the, the architectural integrity of whatever they're doing. Uh, in this case, uh, Old West Lawrence is, is one of the key reasons we chose them. So thanks, Mike, for being here. Um, we moved here in last fall, and uh, this is our retirement home. This is a place that we dreamed uh, of getting. When we saw the pro property come up for sale, we jumped on the opportunity to, to buy it, uh, knowing that, it, it, these are my words, it's a little bit of the ugly duckling on the, on the block. And as I, I think you, Luke, you properly pointed out, uh, is definitely uh, unique to the neighborhood. Having been built in 1910 with the remaining houses, I haven't checked all of them, but I, they were after 1910. Um, ours does sit a little cockeyed on the lot, and it is closer. The front um, the front wall of our, of our uh, home is uh, approximately 12 feet from the sidewalk. So it definitely has already been encroached upon on that, uh, but however, being built in 1910. The challenge with the house right now is that we don't have enough a front porch. And when we drive up and down these streets in Old West Lawrence, um, that's one of the key things I think about these neighborhoods, especially Old West Lawrence, are the front porches uh, that give a couple of different things. Number one, it, it gives some semblance to the rest of the neighborhood. They all have nice covered front porches. It allows neighbors and us as homeowners and friends and family to enjoy and sit out on the front porch. We don't have that opportunity now. It also provides some shelter when you're trying to come in uh, from the sidewalk to come in, get out of the rain, get out of the whatever, and come up a few steps and, and onto the front porch. Um, so those are some of the factors that we were thinking about when we bought the house and trying to envision what this could be and what it could look like. Um, we understand that uh, it it uh, is legally non-conforming, um, but it does present a, a hardship. And from my perspective and my wife's perspective, that we aren't able to enjoy the front of our home like we should. Nothing against the backyards in Old West Lawrence, but nobody really sees them or looks at them. It's all about the front yard and the front porch and being able to enjoy our neighbors and, and actually um, make the house look a little bit more like the rest of the neighborhood. Uh, it does definitely stand out. Um, we do have plans to do additional things with painting and fixing some wood things and those types of things, general upkeep for the house. And this was a big part of, of that. Um, let's see, open to questions. I know we did have, um, a lot of the, a lot of the support from neighbors, which we were really appreciative of. We were really concerned about that, um, being part of the Lawrence Preservation Alliance, um, 
having been to KU and been in Lawrence for quite some time, knowing how important architectural integrity is to that area, um, we wanted to make sure that we weren't doing something that would stand out, would upset neighbors, and would uh, basically enhance the, the the use and the look and the feel of not only our house and our use of that house, but the neighbors would feel the same. And from the the letters and, and emails and phone calls that we've received, and I think you all have some too, I think um, they were all in agreement uh, with that this would be a welcome addition to the neighborhood. I'd like to add too, this is Allison Sinclair. I'd like to add also that I thought it was um, and important to note that we did have a neighbor refer to saying that she wanted to deny um, any approvals um, personally. However, looking at our architectural plans, she wrote back and said that she would be in agreement because it wasn't that we were adding to the front of the house to a portion of the house that wasn't already in existence. It was just basically matching up with what what is currently our living room um, at the time. So we're not trying to ask the city to move a variance to add to the structure of our house, but only to really align the structure of our house, our living room that's already there to just extend that line. Yeah, I think that's a good point. One, one of the board meetings that I listened to and I thought was interesting was back in July of 22, there was a home at 815 Ohio that came up for a very similar request for variance on setback. And they had a similar situation that we did where their front wall of their family room was, um, I'm not sure how far it was back, but really their, it was almost like a garage port on the side of their house that went to their front door. Really unusable space, wasn't going to work for them. So they had bought this house very similarly to what we did with this vision of, boy, it would be great to have a, a nice little front porch on, on there. Um, we drove by there actually today on the way way here and it looks absolutely fantastic the big front porch across the front and down the side um we're a similar request but we're just doing that side and not coming any further out than what the the front wall of our home uh, is already sitting at so uh, just for context of some some history that i remember um well okay um are there any questions for the applicants? Okay, apparently not at this time, but stand by in case that changes. Will do, thank you. All right. Um, is there any public comment on this item? There's nothing on Zoom. Okay. Um, and none in the room? All right. Um, do we have a motion to close the public hearing portion of this? Item. Board Member Rankin, I'll make a motion to close uh, public comment. I'll second. Okay. Motion and second. Rankin, Herod, staff, will you call the roll? Yeah, staff liaison, Catherine Week. Hill? Yes. Herod? Aye. Rankin? Aye. Shalinsky? Aye. And Palos? Yes. 
And motion carries, thank you. Okay, so let's bring it to the board for discussion. Anyone? Dean, um, I I appreciated the staff's review of this, and particularly the comparison of all the other um, frontages or setbacks of all the houses along the um, let's see that would be the east side of the street. And my conclusion was a little different in terms of the uh, uniqueness. I, I thought because of the fact that they're all almost all of them did not meet the required setback uh, and that they varied so much. And that's, there's lots of explanations for that, obviously, about when they were built. Uh, I don't think it was like an intentional thing, but uh, it just seems to me that that in and of itself is unique, uh, even to Old West Lawrence neighborhood, where I think the majority of the homes do meet the side yards or the front yard setbacks, but uh, that was my only comment, right? I felt that in itself was unique and what they're proposing to do was equally uh, addressing a unique situation. Okay, thank you. Any other um, board discussion? Mr. Chairperson, I note that I think 11 neighbors voiced their approval and one neighbor was an emphatic no. Um, yes, I noticed that as well. Um, any other discussion? Well, I'm going to piggyback on that. Um, we just granted a setback of one foot that um, several neighbors had a problem with. And these people are asking for um, 12 feet for something that even more neighbors seem to be in favor of. So um, looking at it in that context, um, I would have a hard time reconciling a no vote with um, what just happened. I recognize that each situation is unique, is um, done on its own merits, and um, that one decision is not a precedent for another one. 
Um, but I, that does not escape me. Um, moreover, I do remember that um, 815 Ohio discussion, and that actually did involve um, more encroachment into the uh, setback than was existing previously, whereas this would not uh, change it at all. It would simply extend the construction um, along the same line. Um, we already had a discussion today about um, how that one foot could extend. Um, and uh, so again, I'm thinking 12 feet does not look unreasonable here. Um, so that's where I'm at. Any other discussion? Does anyone have a motion? Mr. Chairperson, I would move that we grant the variance as requested by the applicant um, and find that five conditions have been met. I could walk through those, but I don't think anybody really needs me to or wants me to. Um, that's my motion. All right. Is there a second? Yes, this is Dean. I'll second it. Okay. Motion by Arid, second by Palos. Staff, will you please call the roll? Well, this is staff liaison Catherine Reek. Hill? Yay. Herod? Aye. Rankin? Aye. Shalinsky? Yes. Palos? Yes. And the motion carries five to zero. All right. Uh, congratulations and welcome to Lawrence. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, is there any other business to come before the board? Sadly, as on Catherine, we, uh, we don't have any other business. I do like to keep you all informed if we have potential items that will come before you um, in the following month. And currently we do at least have one item that will be before you then, so. All right. Do uh, any board members have anything further? If not, I would love to hear a motion to adjourn. If so, then please come Dean, forward with it. This is Dean. I'm sorry to belabor it or prolong the meeting. Uh, just Catherine, I spoke with uh, Mandy, the attorney that's representing the city for uh, the lawsuit that's been uh, 
submitted by the Pennsylvania Line Group. And she talked to me about what my questions were, were, can we talk to people about it who are involved? And of course, she said no. And I just wanted to be affirmed with that. But she also said that you're that the city was no longer a party to the lawsuit. Is that correct? Um, that's more info than I had. So if she has relayed that to you, then I would imagine that is correct. Okay. Well, that's what she told me. Um, yeah. Because she said if I had any, and I had explained that you as staff, because you were party to it, couldn't respond to any of our questions. So I'll wait till next month and, and ask my questions of you so that you Sounds can be assured you, you are able to address them. That's it for me. All right. Thank you for doing your homework. Yeah. Um, anything else from board members? All right. I would love to hear a motion to adjourn. So moved. Moved by Herod. I'm assuming there's a second somewhere out there. <laughs> Only a second, I'll second. Uh, okay, moved by Herod, second by Rankin. Staff, please call the roll. Yeah. Hill? Yes. Herod? Aye. Rankin? Aye. Shalinsky? Aye. And Palos? Aye. And meeting is adjourned. Thank you very much. All right, Thank thanks you. everyone. We will see you next month. <laughs>